Virtual Assistant Podcast, episode number 16. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Virtual Assistant Podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. This is the weekly podcast devoted to answering all the questions you might have about hiring a virtual assistant or maybe even becoming one yourself. Anyway, we want to help you delegate more effectively. That's right, my friends, and we are back, and today I am very excited to bring to you part two of a conversation that I had with Jason Van Orden of InternetBusinessMastery.com. Now, of course, if you are just now tuning into this podcast, I would really encourage you to go back to episode number 15 and listen to it first. Certainly sets the stage for the second part of what you are about to hear right now. I will tell you this, though. This is the part of the conversation that I get really excited about because some of the things that are shared here really help set my mind at ease about some of the ideas, especially as it relates to hiring virtual assistants in other countries. And not to mention the fact that Jason really gives some ideas uh, in this part of the conversation about trusting versus risking a small chance of having an issue uh, with security and, and, and botching things up. And of course, I really love his ideas on automating, streamlining, and outsourcing. And of course, if you want to know what that's all about, I encourage you to have a listen to this episode. Here is the second half of the conversation that I had with Jason Van Orden from Internet Business Mastery. You share all of this stuff, and, and, and it's really, I find myself thinking, wow, I, I could do this, I could do that, I could do that. And of course, I'm in this place, Jason, I know you follow a little bit of what I do and have over the years, yep. and we've been good friends and, and stuff, but uh, I'm at this place, in the. I feel like I'm at a crossroads in my business. I've, I have built a lot of stuff up around a personal brand. And and gotten you know a lot of um, you know referral based business. I got a lot of notoriety in an area. People look for you know look towards me and say, hey, this is the guy you want to talk to. And and what I find is that a lot of people are not coming to me for you know just general stuff, but they're coming. They want me. They, you know they want a lot of Cliff Ravenscraft. And I'm finding myself able to delegate a lot of administrative things, but. You know, I struggle with, you know, saying, hey, take over everything when it comes to my orders. So let me give you an example of what I've got going on. So I have a client who wants to talk to me about, you know, getting the perfect audio gear for their podcast. And I have that conversation with them. I get paid for that time. And, uh, you know, I'll either give them a discount if they buy the equipment from me, depending on what's going on. And then once I take that order, I send that over to my VA and she takes care of it from that point forward. How do you get to a place where if you start getting, you're just inundated all day long with people who want that half hour of your time, they're even paying for it or they want an hour or two of your time and they're paying for it. How do you, how do you start delegating some of that and, when it's when it's you that they're coming there for, do you have any thoughts on that? Because I know that you probably dealt with this. Um, I mean, I, one question I'd ask is is what 
what makes you think that, okay, okay, so the, what they want from you is your, your knowledge, your attention, right? And, and the other word, the knowledge, the attention, and, and what a lot of people tell me they come to me for is my experience. They, wanna, they want to learn, they want to be coached from my experience. Right. Well, here's, here's the formula I use for all things in my business. Cause like, yeah, you do, you hit crossroads, you hit bottlenecks, you hit ceilings. And, um, and usually the only way, like if I think back over my seven years as an entrepreneur to the things that have made the biggest, like the, the points in my career, so to speak, as an entrepreneur, where I've made the biggest leaps, the biggest breakthroughs, um, you know, what are the best investments of time or money that I've made that have launched me forward? Um, it's either been in uh, new team members, so like virtual assistants and getting things off my plate. It's been in spending money on a good uh, mentor to show me, you know, somebody who's been where I want to be and they are showing me how to get there. Um, or it's just been, you know, a complete l- taking a big leap of faith when it comes to my time and my trust, you know, everything from quitting my job back in 2003 to trans transitioning from being a, you know, loaded up as a one-on-one consultant to I got to productize and streamline and automate my business more because I've hit a cap as to what I can do and what I can make. And all of those things take a leap of faith when it comes to the trust or when, you know, an investment of money or an investment of time. And you have to think of it that way as an investment. And here's the, one of the formulas that I've used at every time I've hit that ceiling or crossroads is this three-part formula. It's automate, streamline, outsource. So the first thing is I ask myself, is there any way I can automate this? Um, you know, when people, when new clients do come in, maybe they can fill out, uh, you know, uh, maybe there's a set of questions I'm always answering on the phone. And, you know, maybe there's a set of videos they can get. Maybe there's a questionnaire that they fill out. And so that, you know, they spend an hour or two going through and thinking of and gathering everything together that I need. Um, you know, so auto, is there a piece of software that can do things for us? Um, is there, you know, so like, is there a better shopping cart that can process our orders and, and, and keep me from having to put my fingers on it at all or have it even go through me? Um, so that's kind of, you know, the automate. And then you think about streamlines, streamlines is, you know, maybe even asking, do we need to do this at all? Have I, have I added an extra step in here just because at some point arbitrarily it seemed like the thing to do, or am I making an arbitrary uh, assumption that this is what my customers want, but I really don't know. Um, and, and, you know, just making a, a process as efficient as possible, whether you have to keep doing it yourself or you outsource, it's always good to streamline before you keep putting time into it or before you give it to somebody else. Um, so you, you automate it if you can, you streamline it. And actually I'd probably say streamline first, then automate it if you can. And then if you can't, then, then you, um, then you outsource and that, and outsource may come down to, um, giving it actually to another team member or hiring a new team member. It may co- come down to, when well, I guess actually this, w- this would be an example of automate making products. Um, and, and a- a- if you find yourself hitting a ceiling, one of the best things I can say is like, look, you just, you start charging more for those people who want direct access to you. And for those who aren't able or ready yet to spend that much money to get your time directly, then, um, you know, you create products, you create membership sites, you create other ways for them to, to get your knowledge, to get your experience. Maybe they're not getting the direct 
one-on-one from you, but, you know, they're willing to spend the $97 right now for your basic, uh, you know, ebook that walked them through the process and they can kind of teach themselves. And so now I've gone from say five years ago where I was doing a lot of one-on-one consulting and, and doing a lot of work myself to, um, now to the point where, you know, most of my customers are in the membership site, $97 a month, benefiting from my experience. But a lot of that is like content that I made once and that has just worked over and over again for me over the last two years, all the people inside that membership site. And, you know, but at the same time right now, I'm doing this traffic attraction formula course, but those people pay $2,000 to be in that course. And they're getting a little more direct access to me and that I'm letting them have email consulting access. They can shoot me a question at a time and I'll get back to them within about a day or two. Um, and, you know, I go into the forums every once in a while and interact with them. But then there's some people in that who are at the $5,000 level. And those are the people that I'll do some direct phone calls with because they've paid that highest amount. And, they, you know, they'll get a, you know, like two one-hour phone calls with me, plus all the access to all the courses and stuff, plus the email access. So the point I'm trying to make is as they pay more, they get more access to you. And you just kind of use that automate outsource streamline to move yourself up the ladder and then allow your customers to move up the ladder with you as they spend more money. But it may take that leap of faith of going, well, I got to invest time in making products or I got to invest money member in, or I got to be willing to let go of some of the control. Uh, And, you know, I mean, now this person in the Philippines that I've never met in person, I've worked with her for two years, but I've never met her in person. Like she's the one interacting with, 90% 90% of the customer service inquiries. And sure, at first it was like, wow, is she going to handle them right? But, you know, over two weeks, I just watched. She watched what I did, and then I watched what she did for a while, and we came up with a process, and we came up with a frequently asked question, so that automates a lot of it. And then we came up with templates for her to to use to, to enter in. And then she's also creative for the 10% of the time she doesn't know what to do. And then the other 10% of the time she asks me or hands it to me, but it's a system now. It's been streamlined. It's been automated as much as possible. And now, you know, I do 10% of the customer service rather than 100 before. And if it comes down to a moment of trust, here's one of the best things I can say is you have a choice. You can either say, would I rather, would I rather face the risk, the small chance? I mean, I know we all go to this place of like, oh, well, what if somebody completely botches the customer service job and that customer wants a refund and hates us or what's the worst thing you can imagine. And, you know, it's like, okay, would I rather go with the small minuscule chance that that's actually going to happen? Or would I rather accept the hundred percent certainty that I'm going to keep doing stuff that I hate and that drains my energy and is keeping me from making more money. And when I put it that way, it's an easy choice for me. Absolutely. Wow. So much valuable information there. And, and it certainly speaks very clearly to a lot of the things that, that I'm dealing with. And, and I, and I had, I, I actually was working way too many hours doing too many consulting and I still, I still find myself, I mean, it, I am so, I mean, it takes nothing to be accessible to me, to, for me to be accessible to, to my folks. And, and, and some, some, so much so that right now I'm at that place where, you know, for example, I was at inbox zero yesterday morning before I took my first consulting call. I did four consulting calls and I did an online class yesterday. And when I was finished with the day, I had 48 emails that were direct one-on-one client, you know, interactions. And these are things that I have not yet found a, uh, an easy way to delegate out to my uh, virtual assistant yet. 
and 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 it, and it never fails. And I'm sure that you probably have found a way, obviously, with you know saying, "Hey, I, th- I'm not accessible this way," but I've not gotten to that place yet. But uh, I I get probably about thirty to eighty. I have a real quick question emails a day. Yeah. And, and do do you think like if you if you looked at those emails, do you think it comes down to the same ten or twenty questions? It does, it, and and that's why I have created, um, you know, number one, podcast answer man. You know, the only problem I've found is that you know I started podcast answer man almost as a as a little bit of a hobby because I was just doing it as a passion. Now I find myself wanting to actually categorize and do you know instead of doing one podcast where I cover seven topics, I want to do one podcast where I cover one topic or two topics at most. And that way it's easier for me to say, Hey, I've got a 15 or 20 minute episode of this podcast. Go listen to this. It's got the answer. And then I could, and then, okay, never mind. You're answering my question. I got it. So you're saying, Hey, (laughs) get your, get your virtual assistant in there. Look for those things and say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm close assistant and I see that you're asking about this. He has a wonderful podcast that's located in this resource. Please have a look at it. You know, of course, Cliff is available for one-on-one consulting if you do this, or there's this product that's available for, that goes into more detail that he's created. I like that. Okay. Do you ever get to that place in your business where you just, you? I mean, it doesn't, it's it's not like it's impossible to move to the next level, but you just get, you you just get the blinders on. Oh, absolutely. And that's why, you know, sometimes those leaps required um, hiring a mentor. Sometimes they require talking to what I call a mastermind group, other biz- like-minded business people who help remove those blinders or a conversation like we're having. I mean, because it, it's it's hard to be a solopreneur. I, I think uh, I'm a big fan of masterminds, partnerships, mentoring, uh, you know, and because we need that to keep the blinders off and to help us increase our uh, capacity of what's possible and, and to, you know, fill in the knowledge voids that we run into sometimes um, for those very reasons. Um, as, so, yeah. As you said something, you, know, you were actually speaking, and one of the things I wrote down is have Andrea uh, watch the entire two-hour product that I've got to, I have a two hour video product on uh, evaluating your podcast all it's the nearly 100 things that I look at when I evaluated podcast and why they're important and right now it's a video tutorial and and some people really like uh, you know that video going through but of course some people have told me it's like man I'd love your products if, if only there was a quick PDF that I could go through and, and browse and so yeah. it, I wrote down, Andrea, ha- please watch <laughs> evaluating a podcast and create an ebook for me. So yeah, yeah perfect. So some more of that stuff. Now, um, let's see here. Obviously, you've addressed the uh, you know the whole idea of hiring them full time. Now, what about you know you've got this single mom? She's working forty hours a, a week for you. She's self-employed. She's making you know obviously I guess in the Philippines is a very decent wage. Is she, she's able to take care of her kids. I mean, you feel confident she's taking care of her kids. She's, you know, got the health insurance that's necessary and, and all this stuff. I mean, you feel, this is, I guess, a concern I, I think a lot of people have, and it's still a little bit of a hesitation I have in my own mind, as I've not ventured outside of the U.S. for a virtual assistant. Currently, I have a, a domestic virtual assistant right now. And uh, do you, so how do you feel about that? I mean, you know, that's the question. Go ahead. <laughs> 
Well, there, there's a blog post on Internet Business Mastery because we had we've had some scathing remarks about you know how dare you take jobs away from you know the U.S. and stuff like that, and you know without getting too uh, political, philosophical, I mean it, it gets into you know it comes down to a lot of things that you believe about uh, you know human nature and this and that and the other, and um, but you know one simple way that I can put it is like look you know if if I I don't have the resources to hire all those people in the United States. Right. Um, had I not, had I not hired the people in the Philippines, um, you know, it, it was a matter of it either me doing it or not being done at all. And my business, I'd still be making half as much. In fact, I I wouldn't be providing for myself nearly as well or my wife nearly as well. And I wouldn't be reaching as many people, fulfilling what I feel is a great purpose of mine in my life, impacting more people through my business and what I teach. Um, and so I would only be holding not, not only myself back, but you know, those who depend on me as well, those who de- depend on me financially, as well as those who depend on me for what it is that I do. Um, I'm very passionate about what I do, and I and I do feel like there's a mission there more than just making money for myself. I, you know, I my mission in what I do is to share knowledge and resources to help others also achieve greater freedom and purpose and happiness in their lives. And you know, I'm I'm increasing my capacity to do that by expanding my team. And you know, yeah. So I I, I looked at what was the best I can get for the money? It was a simple cost benefit analysis. Um, you know, it's a, a question of free market and that's where we would end up getting into philosophical and political things. But in the end, that's how, that's just one of the simplest things I can say about, um, about, uh, what I think about it without, I guess, getting too, too heavy on the question. However, there's more of a blog post as well in internet business mastery. Cause we have, um, and I, you know, I'm, I can't remember right off the top of my head, but if you go there and search for outsourcing, I'm sure it's going to come up. But yeah, because we had an email that was quite scathing to that very, and I, I wrote out a very detailed response. Um, and then we had a lot of great points brought up on both sides of the fence by our um, commenters, you know, listeners and people who went there as well. Yeah, my my biggest concern is that you know that these people are not being taken advantage of it. I mean, I obviously understand people who say, you know, t- taking jobs outside of the United States and, and stuff like that. But I, I totally am on your side. It's like, listen, it's either I do this myself because I can't hire the people at the wages that are, you know, normally expected here. Uh, and But at the same time, you know, hiring somebody in another area where this is actually a very decent, if not a a really good wage for them in another area. It just makes a lot of sense. It just, it just seems, I guess, you know, being so, you know, American centric in my mind, I just think $380 a month, who could live on that? And, you know, and, and, and I guess there's some part of me that says, how can I expect somebody to raise their family on $380 a month when I've actually made that much money in 25 minutes before? And, I'm right. like, and it's like, the, wh- wh- how do I sleep at night? What do I do with this? And and of course, then people say, well, gosh, you've made that much money in 25 minutes. Then by golly, you can afford somebody in, the, in America. And I'm like, well, I don't make that every 25 minutes. Uh, there was this one 25 minute period where <laughs> things went really well. And yeah. Uh, anyway, I, but so yeah. that's a, that's a, that's a valid thing. And, and I, I have the same concern. I mean, you know, I, I, that's why I've very thoroughly researched, okay, what's traditional in the Philippines, you know, and found out about the 13th month and found out what the holidays are and found out what kind of benefits they're used to when it comes to, um, you know, uh, getting time off. And, and, you know, I've done, I've looked at 
typical salaries for different positions and, and then raised it up above what that, you know, said the average was. Um, cause I mean, to again, to me, it's like, look, a hundred dollars more might not be a big deal to my business, but to them all of a sudden it raised their salary by 25% or something, you know, and that's a big deal. Again, imagine if somebody gave you a 25% raise. I mean, in these days where employees are hoping not to get a negative, you know, to, to get a deduction in their, in their salary. So, um, anyway, and we give them bonuses and like, she's come to us and said, Hey, you know what? I, I really need a new computer. And so we've said, okay, well, you know what? Well, part of this computer is going to be a bonus to you and here's a loan to pay, pay, pay it off. Or she's like, I need this piece of software. Well, then we just buy her the software. I mean, she, you know, we buy her all kinds of stuff that she needs to do her job. Or she came to us and said, look, my brother's getting married and he really want, you know, I want to help him. Cause they're very like family centric and very like, uh, you know, together and, and financially and even living together. It's just like the culture in the Philippines. So his, her brother's getting married and she wants to help out with that. And she's like, so I could really use a loan. I'm like, well, Fine, you know, and it's no interest. We just say, look, here's here's the loan, and here's the terms, and um, you know, probably at some point we'll go look. Um, you know, we're just going to forgive the rest of this as a bonus, you know, kind of a thing. And so, like, we, I think of how how was I taught treated as an employee? Because there's lots of things that aggravated me, and I make sure I stay far away from doing any of those things, and I just try to be a very um, you know fair and as generous as I can be an employer. And the thing that's awesome is because of the global economy and the way this leverage works out, it feels incredibly good to know that, you know, loaning somebody a thousand dollars, like that money is not a huge deal to me. I mean, yeah, a thousand dollars is a thousand dollars, but look, it's not, but to her, it's like, wow, I just gave my brother like the wedding he always wanted. Or, you know, to me, her going, look, I need a couple hundred extra bucks for a new computer. To me, the couple hundred dollars isn't a big deal, but for her, it's like, you know, it's almost a month's salary. So there's a big fulfillment factor there of just knowing that like my money goes a long way in impacting somebody's life. Um, yeah, I've never met her in person, but you know, it's, it's somebody I've had a working relationship with now for two years. And so it's very cool to, I think, to be able to, and, you know, I've, I've asked her, she even, you know, chimed in, I think on that conversation, or maybe I was talking to her about it directly. And she's like, you know, like you're the best employer I've ever had. Like you're more, you know, you give me opportunities to do what I love. I'm always asking her, what kinds of things do you enjoy most? What things do you dread doing? Because I'm, again, I'm a big, if, if I believe in for myself, working on my unique abilities and the things that make me happy, one of the biggest mistakes I think we make as delegation in delegation is we go, well, I don't want to do this. I'm not good at doing this. And so we just give it to somebody. But the problem is they're not good at it and they don't want to do it either. So let's find somebody who is, you know, has the systematic mind to do that particular task or has the creative mind to do that task or who loves to do research and they're good at synthesizing information, you know? Um, so it's only fair that I offer her that opportunity to develop her as well. And then the loyalty kicks in and she just is a better employee. She has better foresight and, and wants to do things well and she's going to stick around longer. So that's kind of my uh, approach to, to that situation. I, I love every single thing you've said. That, that makes so much more sense now and, and, and I'm glad you shared all of that. I have two, I think two, just two more questions, maybe a third, and we'll wrap things up here because I want to let you go and do the rest of your things that you have. But um, okay. you mentioned um, that, you know, you, you had her sit down and watch you for a week and you and then, of course, you kind of watched her for a week. What kind of technology were you using to make that happen? Well, in the case of customer service, what I what I meant there is like we have a ticket system. We use Zendesk. And so, you know, I just had her, like, I would answer all the emails and then I had her look at how I answered those. And then I had her like start compiling a fact and compiling documents. Um, 
And, and then I said, okay, now you start doing some of this. And so I would just check up on her regularly, you know, throughout the next week or two. And if there was something that wasn't quite handled right, I just let her know. Um, you know, you got to tell them if something's not done right, you don't just get frustrated and go, oh, well, they stink and fire them. Like you, you just say, hey, look, like, um, you know, this is the way that this needs to be done. Cause, and maybe you need to say it once or twice. That's okay. But, you know, eventually they get trained up and now it's very smooth. Like she handles customer service perfectly and I very little actually hits my inbox. So, um, so in that case, it was just, you know, her watching how I responded to emails and tickets and then me watching her to make sure that she was doing it well. Um, as far as like physically watching her computer, I don't do any of that. I mean, it's just uh, looking at the output of their work, you know, so looking at the the, re- the the summary of the research that they do or looking at the the charts and data that they put together or, you know, and, and we I have them report to me on a daily basis. They send me an email saying, here's what I did. Here's uh, any problems I ran into and here's what I need from you to move forward. Um, you know, so I get those daily reports from, um, from them, but I don't do anything like, uh, you know, I, I have heard of people doing this whole, oh, you're going to run this thing on your PC. So anytime I want, I can check in and see what you're doing. Like, I, I don't, I, yeah, I, I definitely believe in autonomy and empowering them. And then just based on the output, you know, giving them instruction as needed and, or, or telling them when they do it just right. Or I love it when they think ahead for me and anticipate my needs. I make sure that I, I just like, I'm thrilled about them and let them know it's like, thank you very much because that's what I want. And somebody on my team is uh, even, you know, not just doing it because I said to do it, but also thinking ahead and doing things that way as well. That is awesome. And and when you first hired them, did you spend some time talking to them physically, um, you know, training them how to do some things? Did you use some screen sharing technology to, to initially train them? Um, here, here's what, it, here's what the process in a, in a quick nutshell is. I, you know, I go to those databases. I try to find 10 to 15, uh, people who have like the, the, it look, I mean, I just do a quick scan. Cause again, it's a numbers game. So I don't want to waste a lot of time up front. I find 10 to 15 that look like they have the type of skills to just a quick scan of their resume. Um, and it looks like they're probably in about the salary range that I'm, I'm willing to pay. And then I shoot them emails. I say, look, I'm, I own an inner business. I'm in North America. I'm looking for somebody to do a bullet list. Are you still looking for full-time work? And then the ones that come back, you know, some percentage of those will come back and they'll probably say like, yes, I'm looking for work. You know, when can we start or what are you going to pay? You know, and then I, I'll usually get back to them with some more, um, details as far as like, um, uh, the kinds of things that I'll, well, actually, no, at that point, what I usually try to do is get them on Skype. Um, and so I have done my, my interviewing through Skype. Um, and so I'll give them my Skype name or I'll even try to do a search. Actually, now, because I, I don't want to do, again, spend much time, I just have them try to find me on Skype. And then when they get on Skype, I do a little bit of a chat with them and just say, hey, so what kind of, you know, what kind of work do you like doing best? What, you know, just whatever questions feel like are important to you. Um, and then if, it, if all seems to be well, then what I do is I, uh, shoot them just two or three preset projects. And if it's like a technical person, I might be like, okay, go and install. Actually, even if it's a basic virtual assistant person, like at the three, $400 level, I think they should know how to install WordPress. So it might be like, go install. And even if it's something you don't necessarily need to use, it's just like a, a set task that gives you an idea that they have the ability to go out, figure it out if they need to, they're going to get it done in a timely manner, report to you in the way that you asked to. And so, you know, I might have them go research something. I might have them install WordPress and tweak a few things. And I might have them, um, you know, maybe draw up a proposal for uh, link building or something, you know, just depending on what kind of tasks I have. And then I just, I just use that to gauge 
um, you know, first of all, do they do it? Because sometimes then they, you know, they, they said that they do all this stuff, but when it comes down to giving the tasks, then they don't end up doing it. Um, and so then it just narrows down. And then hopefully in the end, you've got, you know, somebody left over. And, and you know, then there's the negotiation of, of salary. And I usually ask them, you know, what, what would you like to make? And, um, you know, they'll probably usually quote something higher than, you know, and you go back and forth and decides based on what you think is appropriate, what you've seen other people and what you're wanting. And like I said, I like to pay more than the average cause I, that's just what I like to do. But, and then, uh, and then you hire them. I never pay in advance. Um, because especially at the beginning, don't pay in advance because you just, there's no need for you to have to pay in advance and risk losing the money cause they took the money and didn't, um, you know, so, but don't, don't stiff somebody. If they do work for you and for whatever reason it doesn't work out and you're like, look, we're the, you know, the quintessential, we decided to go in a different direction or whatever, yeah. you know, still paying for the time that I think, you know, the right thing to do is paying for the time that they did, you know, do some work for you. But that's, you know, in a nutshell, what the process looks like. So Skype is as much as I uh, talk to them live. I've never actually spoken on the phone or phone Skype. Um, it's all been email or through like project management system or through Skype that I've spoken with my virtual assistants. Do you use any special project management system yourself? Um, we use one called Pelotonics. It's a horrible name. P-E-L-O-T-O-N-I-C-S.com. Pelotonics. I know Basecamp gets said a lot. Pelotonics has some other things. However, um, I... Um, Recently, I had opportunity to use one called Central Desktop that I really, really like. Um, and if we were starting over now, I think I might sign up for Central Desktop. Nice. I'll have to check that out. Jason, as always, man, I, I totally appreciate you and your willingness to just give to the community out there. And um, I appreciate all your podcasts. In fact, uh, I'm going to ask you to plug yourself and to let some people know about some of the places where they can find you and other resources that you provide. Uh, sure. Well, the, if you're interested in these kinds of things and this whole world is fascinating you, then just, uh, go to internetbusinessmastery.com and listen to the show and check us out. I mean, we talk about virtual assistants sometimes and we talk about a lot of other things when it comes to marketing and just turning your passion into a, into a revenue for yourself online. And, um, that's where you can find me. Jason, thank you very much. Not a problem, Cliff. Always a pleasure. Well, there you go, my friends. That is the conclusion to the interview with Jason Van Norden. I hope that you have found this as beneficial that as I have. I know that I'm going to go back and listen to both parts over and over again just to hold myself accountable to the things that I thought of as I was listening. So many fresh ideas in my mind. And so uh, just got to put them into practice. Hey, uh, I want to say a special thank you to ContemporaryVA.com for sponsoring this podcast. This podcast would not come if it were not for them. And we just want to say thank you. And if you are looking for a virtual assistant here in the United States, much in the same way that I use a virtual assistant here in the U.S., uh, I encourage you to check out ContemporaryVA.com. We'll talk to you all next week. Until then, God bless you all. And uh, go delegate some work. Uh,